Well, hello and welcome to SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. I'm Dwayne DeLocker. This is SFM Sports Wrap. And tonight is the Thursday edition. It's the PSL radio show, Segun Jalo. We're going to be talking to a very special guest in the studio. Man from Bidvest Fitz, man with an uh, enormous potential in his future. Olam Lambo, he'll be with us shortly. But we've got to start off with some sports news. And starting off, of course, with rugby now. A hat-trick from uh, Rieko Ione gave the Blues a perfect start to their Super Rugby campaign. As they beat the Rebels 56-18 this morning. Other than you the visitors' try scorers were Paoli Simanu, Matt Duffy, Augustine Pulu, and Melani Nanai. Yahaya West kicked 16 points. Meanwhile, the Highlanders meet the Chiefs in their opening match of the Super Rugby season at 8.35 tomorrow morning, while the Sharks are the first South African team in action, visiting the Reds at the Suncorp Stadium at 11. The Reds have singled out Sharks' captain of flower, Patrick Lambie, as the danger man, ahead of the team's clash in Brisbane. Same with rugby, Lions coach Johan Ackermann is named Lionel Mapuot right wing, covering for the injured Ruan Komberg in Saturday's Super Rugby clash against the Cheetahs in Bloemfontein. Warren Whiteley leads an experienced Lions side with eight Springboks in the starting lineup, with Howard Nisi starting at outside centre and prop Johannes Jonker set to uh, make his debut if he comes off the bench. Meanwhile, Springbok Lock and former SA Rugby Player of the Year Luat de Jager will make his Super Rugby debut for the Bulls against the Stormers in Cape Town on Saturday. De Jager, one of four newcomers to the Bulls team, won 40 Super Rugby caps for the Cheetahs and has been named alongside five other Springboks in the starting team, with Jesse Creel, Jumbo Olengo, Andre Pollard, Rudy Page and Jacques Potgieter. Uh, Edgar Morkule and Jacobi Arens have already played at this level and will make their Bulls debuts when they are called upon off the bench, while backup flanker Ruan Stienkamp will make his Bulls debut if he takes to the field. As for their opponents, E.W. Filiun will make his Stormers Super Rugby debut in the clash against the Bulls. The 21-year-old will line up at outside centre for a Stormers team that will be led by new captain Sia Kulisi in the final match of the opening round. That kicks off at 7.30 on Saturday. Fullback Espio Pretorius will also be playing in his first Super Rugby game for the Stormers and forms part of a back three with Cheslin Colby and Dylan Leitz out wide. Fulhoun will be partnered by Damien Delende at centre with Janu Fumark and Jean-Luc Duplessis in the halfback combination. Kulisi joined in the loose trio by Nizam Carr and Reynard Alstad, while vice-captain Ibn Etzebeth and Peter Steff de Toy will be in the second row. Up front, it's props Wilco uh, Lowe, J.C. van Rensburg, Jansen van Rensburg rather, and um, Bongani Mbonambi at hooker. Meanwhile, Kings coach Dion Davids has named his first starting uh, lineup. That's uh, for the Saturday clash against the Jaguars in Port Elizabeth. A fixture, of course, that was uh, one of only two wins for the Kings last season. This, though, is a new look squad, but there is some valuable experience at halfback in the form of Louis Schroeder and Lionel Cronier. Golf news the European Tour back in South Africa, but the opening day of the Joburg Open at the Royal Johannesburg and Kensington Golf Club has been rain affected. Golf correspondent Michael Flismus has the details. American Paul Peterson made into the clubhouse with a 9 under par 62 on the west course to leave the Joburg Open by two shots before the first round was suspended because of a waterlogged course. Play will resume at 6.45 on Friday morning. That means another early start for the course maintenance staff who Peterson praised for the job they've done under the difficult circumstances. Um, actually, but I'm very impressed with the condition of the course and the greens. Um, even them putting mowers on the fairways, I wasn't sure they were going to be able to do that. So, I mean, hats off to the, the superintendent and everybody for, for getting the course prepped because I think I heard you guys got like 140 mills over the last few days. So, um, yeah, hats off to everybody for, for getting the course in the shape that it's in. J.B. Clear is the leading South African on six under. Michael Flismas, Royal Johannesburg and Kensington Golf Club. And finally in cricket, Australia reached 256 for nine at stumps on the opening day of the first test against India in Pune. That's your sports news. 
From power plants and rail corridors to car factories and space science, Kramer Media's Engineering News offers comprehensive coverage of South Africa's real economy and the companies and people that make it tick. Subscribe now at engineeringnews.co.za. Kramer Media's Engineering News, not just for engineers. SFM South Africa's news and information leader. Now, we've got a very special guest in uh, studio for tonight's show. man who uh, is turning out for the side that is currently top of the APSA Premiership standings. And I tell you what, it was a devastating display by Bidvisfits last night. They went top of the APSA Premiership. 5-0 win over Barocca FC. Uh, rather emphatic fashion at uh, the Bidvist Stadium last night. I'm delighted to say one of the stars of the uh, show this season, Paula Blambo in studio with us. Uh, Paula, thanks for joining us. Uh, good to chat to you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Now, Bidvest Fitz, it was a it must have been a, a very pleasing move to uh, to to hear that this Bidvest Fitz side, an ambitious club, Gavin Hunt in, in, in charge, he's is very highly regarded. We're interested in getting your services from Chipper United. Let's go back to, to, to that part of your career. How how did it all come about that you got to play for Bidvest Fitz? Uh definitely when the move came it was unexpected. But I had to grab it with both hands. Because it was a great opportunity for me. I'd be closer to home. I'd be playing for a very highly recognized coach. And I'd be playing with highly talented players. So it was really a blessing in disguise for me to be wanted by Kevin Hunt. Uh, it must have been an amazing experience as well. In, uh, you start off the season in rather emphatic fashion as well with an MTNA title and, uh, under your belt. You, you, your first trophy as a, as a professional player. Yeah, it definitely is. So... Everything started well, so I was pleased with how things have been going on. So I'm really excited being at Bitvestvets and the support that we've been getting. It's very amazing. And then in terms of in, in terms of where the club is right now, I mean, to, top of the absolute premiership, obviously there's... Gavin Hunt has described the league himself as a, as a bit of a false league because you don't really know where everybody sits and games in hand don't always count for much or they could count for plenty depending on, on how things come about. But uh, as far as the club and, and the season is, is concerned, how do you feel Bidvestwitz is, is placed? Oh, I don't put much into looking into the logs and all of that because this is a marathon. Anything can happen anytime. <laughs> and with teams having a lot of game in hands and the points are very much closed, the, the league is going into a different angle. It's been a while since we've seen the league going like this. So it's definitely going to be an interesting season for football this season. And of course, in terms of curveballs, playing in the uh, Champions League and CAF Confederations Cup, there's, there are four teams that are, are in action in continental competition. You're one of them. Uh, but playing in continental competition makes, makes things always uh, a great deal more interesting on the domestic stage. But in terms of learning experiences, playing continentally must be a wonderful leap. Yeah, it's a great experience for an individual. I wouldn't think I'd be playing in the CAF. It came as a surprise as well. Me joining Pete Vesvets opened a lot of doors. So it's quite challenging because you meet different teams, different types of playing, different tactics. With all of that comes growth in an individual. Yeah, in, in terms of growing as an individual, though, you, 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 you're surrounded by, and you, you talked about these big names that, that you talk about. Who, who do you sort of sit down and, and, and trust with, uh, with, with advice? Would you try to draw as much as you can from the, the older, more experienced players? Uh, there are a lot of players at Pitvesvets who are more experienced. I mean, we definitely have quite a numerous number of players who are playing internationally. We've got the likes of Delembe. He's a captain in his country. Tyson Sajwa is a captain as well. Dent Lade, 
he's been there, Monit Josephs, the number is endless. So they kind of ease the pressure that we have, bring out great advice and having to have a coach like Gavin Hunt, it's really, really interesting. Interesting, I, I, I'm <laughs> sure. Um, it, it's, it's difficult to compare individuals and it's difficult to compare coaches, but th- there must be two very different approaches from Dan Malicella and, and Gavin Hunt. I'm not saying either is, is one is better or the other, and you would learn different things from different coaches, but how do you reconcile the, the two experiences at Chipper and at Bidvestwitz? I mean, looking at Coach Gavin Hunt and Coach uh, Dan Malicella, they are two different kind of coaches. They believe in two different philosophies, and they are great in their own ways. We wouldn't want to compare the two. Uh, Coach Gavin Hunt has been in the Premier League for quite some time, and Coach Dan has been in the football as well for quite some long time. But then in the Premiership, I mean, Chipper United was his first experience as a head coach. So it's it's quite difficult to compare the two, but when you get to work with them you you find a lot of similarities because they are both winners and they both want to achieve a lot so i'd say comparing the two would be quite different because one is new in the premiership and one has been in the premiership for quite some long well, they both had uh, decorated careers as players i suppose over the years so uh, that that would be something that you could draw upon as well do they bring that to their coaching style uh, yeah, they touch there and there with Clemson's, but they more into teaching the up-and-coming footballers, comparing how things were back then and how things are now. So it, it's it's great because they both played the game. They know how it goes, so it eases out the pressure and it makes life, life very easier for every individual that they are working with. Now, Dan Malicella won't admit it, but he was actually playing when, when uh, Mamelodi Sundowns beat Orlando Pirates 6-1 in 1990. And uh, that was, at the time, a record defeat. But, uh, but, uh, but I mean, there's many positives about the, uh, the careers of both players, certainly. But, uh, and, uh, and I would imagine they bring that to their coaching. But let's talk more about you for, for a moment off the field. You, you're somebody who's invested in your education which is which is something that i think needs to be highlighted today and b needs to be uh, applauded uh you've actually got a sports science diploma if i'm not mistaken yeah i do have a sports science diploma thanks to northwest university of which they gave me a buzzery while playing football as well so if it wasn't for them i definitely doubt that any of that would have been possible so they've contributed a lot so that's what helped me to achieve whatever that I've achieved academically. So, but there's still a room to achieve more, I reckon. Well, now I mean, now that you're associated with a with a university club as well, as it were, there's an option, I suppose, to to perhaps study further, or at least there's a potential to to do something beyond football. Are you considering studying further? Yeah, I've been thinking about that. So, I mean, everyone knows that football is a short career. Or one can invest in education. It could definitely pay dividends at the end. In terms of 
post your football career, though, I mean, you know, in, in recent times, people like Dane Clayton, when he Joseph's did, and Shepard have been talking about post-career, but they're towards the end of their careers. You, you're, in a sense, still starting out. But have you given much thought about what you would like to do? And you, you try to give yourself some direction about where you think you might go and try to prepare during your career for what you might do afterwards, whether it's coaching or television analysis or, or, or perhaps even becoming a sports scientist? Uh, there is a few things, like few ideas that are running through my mind. I just have to pick up one or two and see which one to go about. Because if I would say I would put much right now, it might bring a little destruction into the footballing career. So I have to be really careful with making that decision now. But it's something that I'm working on. Other things that you're working on, uh, your football, in terms of your, your touches, quality touches, I think that's, it's visible for all to see. Anybody who's watched you, uh, would, would, would know that you're, you're a, you're a young man with, I call you a young man, and the thing is, it's, I suppose, you're 25 now, I mean, to me, you're a young man. To, to many people, you're, uh, you're middle age in a football career. How do you see yourself then? Uh, I don't really take myself as a young man into the footballing career because I'd say I was a late bloomer. So if I'd consider myself as a young man, I'd be misleading myself. I'm at a stage where I have to fight for my place, have to stamp my stamp the authority. I have to like regain recognition. And if there to be young men, there are a lot of young men who are playing the Premiership, depending on when they started and how they started. Everyone's journey doesn't go the same way. The, the likes of Pagamani Masambi would call them the young men in the yeah. premiership because the age still allows them. There are Maposas who plays in super sport. Those are the people we would consider young. Indeed. Uh, although relatively inexperienced at PSL level, despite immense potential. I mean, there are many latecomers uh, to the PSL. Majoro was a latecomer. Surprise Moriri himself, a very late uh, latecomer. And look at the career he managed to, well. to carve out. Yeah, I mean, these are, these are guys who carved out uh, significant careers and went on to represent South Africa at uh, numerous levels. Litsulunyane, yeah, over 50 international appearances. Outside of the club, though, who do you look up to in terms of inspiration, role models? Uh, I grew up looking to a lot of people. One, I would say the late John Shuzumushu. Yeah. He was a great player to watch on and off the field, how he handled himself. Uh, currently playing, Rene Lelotulunyana is one person you could look up to. You'd never find stories about him, but then into the field of play, you'll hear a lot of stories. He lets the ball and the experience talk. Uh, dedication, hard work. There's still a, a lot of players who are doing so. You'd look up into players like Dent Laid as well. He achieved a lot and is still going, is still looking to achieve a lot. So there are a number of players I'd look up to. That's I right. wouldn't pick up one. Yeah, Dent Laid, 13 domestic titles, five consecutive <laughs> league titles. I mean, it's unparalleled success. Certainly, I mean, uh, that, that must be a brain you would, you'd love to pick as often as you can. But uh, it's interesting you talk about René Litsulunyane because uh, Litsulunyane, I, I see you as similar players uh, in terms of position and, and what you like to do. The, the ability to, to, to contain, win the ball, work the ball around, but also surge forward when you feel that there's an opportunity to, to do that. But I've, I've heard many comparisons to you and, and, and Villarazi, especially when you arrived at the club. Uh, but I never saw you as that type of player. How, how do you see yourself? 
I wouldn't compare myself to Villagas because we, yeah, we have similar attributes there and there, but we are quite different. I mean, he's more attack-minded. I would say oh, some coaches that I've worked with, they've helped me a lot into improving my defensive type of role, so it helped improving my game a lot. Because growing up, I was that kind of a lazy player who didn't really concern about winning the ball, helping the team to defend. I was more concerned about going forward and all of that. Mm. But the experience that I've gained with coaches that I've worked with, it opened my eyes, knowing that defending is as important as going forward. Mm. So I would say mainly Rene Lelitulunyane, I could there and there, there are as well attributes because I grew up watching him a lot while he was still playing in the domestic league, playing in the grassroots. So those are type of players that I grew up looking up to. Plus, I had the experience watching him before he turned into a professional player. I watched him while he was a professional player. Now I'm watching him playing against him as a professional player as well. We've watched you playing as a professional player. We watched you playing in the MTN8, and I think uh, I think that was that was what really got people going is how brightly your career started at Bidvistwitz. But there was a debate after the MTN8, of course, and that's the showboating debate. It was uh, it was much talked about. It was much. Uh, it, it almost became the centre of of the debate post the final. After that. It's what's a, it's a good couple of months now. It's a good six months on. I mean, how, how do you feel on the, the the subject of of as they say showboating? I don't really take much into this showboating thing because I would say when we look into comparison, taking back to Coach Kevin and Coach Dan, those are the coaches that I've worked with professionally. Mm-hmm. They they are kind of people you you wouldn't say they really are into showboating, but as a person could say, you'd say they allow you to use your skill while you are eliminating players. I mean, no coach would allow a player to dance with the ball but not giving a fruitful result after that. I mean, you'd look stupid as well if you just sit with the ball, dance, dance, and then they take the ball away from you. Um, particularly the type of player, if I use my skill, I use a skill to eliminate players, distract the opponents, and while they lay in concentration on me, I pick up somebody else of which we could benefit from the move or something else. I wouldn't just stand with the ball, try to waste time, dribble, make fun of people. No, that's not the type of thing I like. So when people are talking about showboating, for me, I didn't really put much into it because I knew the concept behind doing what I was doing. Let's talk about the, uh, the the club at the moment in terms of, of, of goals, because goals are flowing. Barocco last night, 5-0, Ajax Cape Town, 5. Uh, there's there's a lot of goals at the moment. Uh, I think a lot of people are, are talking about Pagamani Mashlambi, and indeed his contribution has been immense since his uh, return from, from long-term injury. Um, but in terms of being a part of that system, w- what's it like? Because there's there's... It used to be seemingly, let's get the win. Now it's, let's get as many goals as we can. Let's play football for 90 minutes. What, what, what's that uh, sort of component like at, at Fitz now? Uh, I would 
definitely wish that five becomes our lucky number. <laughs> I mean, seeing how tight the league is, it it could go to anything at this type of moment. I mean, you could win the league with goals. Let's say you are in the same power of points with any other opposition. So, I mean, goals are as important as points nowadays. But obviously, the three points counts first, and then getting as much goals as you could, it really, really means a lot. I mean, first round of the season, yeah, we were winning there and there. We were not having a good run. We threw where we didn't deserve to throw. So, I mean, this time around, every chance that we get, as long as we convert, it means a lot because we missed out a lot in the previous round. So, I'd say we are catching up on the numerous numbers of goals that we let go of. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, creating so many opportunities and, and, and just not finding the goals with regularity. That has changed. I think that's a, it's a great point to highlight. But in terms of individual, uh, was it Free State Stars last year? I think you scored against uh, Free State Stars when you were at uh, Chipper. Chipper. Yeah. yeah. Um, you, you haven't scored at Bitvestwitz uh, yet, have you? Yeah, I haven't scored at Bitvestwitz. I mean, when, mainly, when are they coming? When are they coming? I'm hoping soon. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at the roles that I was playing, I'm playing now, and the role that I was playing at Cheaper United are quite different. Hmm. At Cheaper United, I used to play only with Tamsang Masangweni in the middle of the park. So recently, I've been playing with three. We mainly when I play, we play three in the middle. So. It allows the people who are more offensive than me to get chances more than I do. But chances do come there and there. I'll have to capitalize on that when they do happen to come. Let's go back to uh, continentally. Uh, excited at the prospect of facing Alali. I mean, Alali, the, they were team of the century on the African continent. The, the, the side with a, with a pedigree that we can't comprehend. They are that successful. Yeah, Al-Akhli is a good side, and they showed that when they came to play a lot of teams here in South Africa. They played against Kaiser Chiefs, they've played against Mamelodi Sundowns, they've played against Orlando Pirates. So, honestly speaking, I wasn't really thinking much about it because we have the job ahead. Currently, we have to take the games as they come. We mainly have to focus on the Premiership because that's what on the door now. The games are coming thick and fast. We'll focus on the Al-Akhli game when we are closer by to it. We can't start preparing for Al-Akhli now, of which we still have games to play, like we were playing yesterday against Barocca. We are playing on the weekend against Mamelodi Sundowns, and there's still going to be a game after that before we go and play Al-Akhli. So we'll switch on for Al-Akhli when it's close by. But for now, we have to focus on the job ahead. See, that's a diplomatic answer. That's that's that's. I can tell Danielle Fonamova has been your, your marketing department has been working with you and, and taking you through a few things because yes, you're right. You you focus on one game at a time, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I mean, there's this to be playing a team like Alani must be tremendously exciting. And I mean, because you are you're representing your your country without necessarily being in the green and gold, as it were. Yeah, that's true. I mean. Al-Akhli is a team that's been well known of doing greater things they've achieved in the CAF. So facing Al-Akhli will definitely mean a lot for the Pitvest family. I mean, we know that we have to give them the respect that they deserve. 
But once we step inside the field of play, we have to forget about whatever that they've achieved and focus on the main job that's at hand. The main job at hand, obviously, uh, domestic titles. The Nedbank Cup is another uh, possibility to win to win a trophy in the season. Uh, what did that MTNA title do for the club? Because the, the league ambitions seem to be on track, despite a couple of hiccups. Cape Town City, you know, towards the end of, of, of last uh, last year. Aside from that, though, the league ambitions must be relatively on track. I think there must be happiness in, say, in the club in terms of where you're headed. But Nedbank Cup is is big trophy. I mean, it's the the the, the FA Cup, as it were, of South Africa is that is that very much in focus for for the club as well? Uh, nothing has been said about the Netbank Cup as yet because we have games that we have to focus with now. But I definitely think the MTN eight it brought a lot of uh, I would say ambition for players wanting to achieve more. There are a lot of players like me in the team that got their first medal with the MTN8. But looking into it, MTN8, it's only eight teams competing. And then looking into the net bank, there's 32 teams that are competing and there are eight of the NFT and eight of the K Mutsepe League. So it's quite an interesting game, an interesting like trophy to look to. Anything that will happen, it definitely will happen and then how we see it it's how we'll take as it comes we'll definitely have to take one game as it comes if we win the last 82 then we'll start focusing on the last 16 if it happens that we progress to the next level then we'll focus on it but for now we mainly have to stay calm stay focused and stay humble as we can Let's, uh, let's focus away from football for just a moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I would love to hear stories about how you sing in the shower or uh, <laughs> what you like to do in the car while you're driving along. But in terms of outside of, uh, outside of football, I know you're at a club where a lot of the players are big cricket fans. And I think Dane Clayton leads that charge. I know he's, uh, I mean, he was somebody who had the opportunity to play cricket professionally, chose football. He's an enormous cricket fan. Are you are you also a fan of sports outside of outside of football? I do watch sport outside outside of football because I mean the career path that I took when I got to obtain my diploma in sports science opened my eyes numerically in mm. all sort of ways. I do watch tennis when it plays, I do watch cricket, I do watch a bit of rugby and so I'm not mainly a person who's focused on football as it is alone. So you, you respect the sporting attributes, the, the the criteria that make those people great in the, the other sports, I presume. Who, who are your favourite players, for example? Oh, tennis, etc. Into tennis, the ladies' side, I'd say the Williams sisters are, and Roger Federer as well, Djokovic, Nadal, and then... Amla Cricket, the upcoming Rabada, ABT Villiers, Herschel Gibbs was one of my favorites as well. It's his birthday today, actually, Herschel Gibbs. Wow, that's... <laughs> I didn't even notice. I didn't even know about that. We, we won't mention how old Herschel Gibbs is today. But, 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 <laughs> but I'm sure he's around his 40s. <laughs> yeah, he's... Well, 43, but we didn't, we didn't say that. That's <laughs> okay. But I mean, so there there are plenty of role models outside of the uh, outside of the sport. In terms of in terms of your your teammates, when you sit in the change room, whether it's a win, a loss, a draw, who are the guys that you 
you like to have in the change room? I mean, I'd say all of them because they all have different attributes. Every individual is important in the team. They bring a different atmosphere in the change room. You'd have the funny characters like Monip Joseph. <laughs> yes. You'd have the Sfiso Shanti, the Ben Mutsuari, the Pagamani Masambi, Sbonisoka. Uh, like, everyone has a different character, and it definitely makes the team going, makes the change room lively. Yeah, Monib Joseph is the one character, I think, from, from anybody who's played with him, they love hang, having him in the change room. And, and especially after a loss, because change rooms tend to be quiet after a loss. And you don't want to be reminded of what went wrong. And Munip, I think, is one of those guys that knows how to shift focus in, in a way he understands it better than most. And I, I'm amazed that he's the one name that consistently comes up from anybody that's ever played from him in terms of who they, they want in the change room and who they like to hear from afterwards. Yeah, he is a very experienced guy. He knows how to calm people down. He knows how to bring up the mood when everyone is down. He knows how to push people when they are not doing good. So... He's a lot of characters in one person, one can say. So he's a very, very uh, greater player to have in the chain room. You know when the chips are down, he'll come, he'll wake you up. You know when you are sad, he'll make you laugh. So he's definitely a person you'd love to spend time with in the chain room. You mentioned a lot of nice things about a lot of people today. What's one word that you would use to describe yourself? I'd say I'm down to earth. Down to it. We'll take that. We'll take that. Well, I'm Lambo of Good Best Fits. It's been a pleasure having you in the studio. Thank you very much for uh, making time to come through. I think uh, you've got m- magnificent potential. I, I know you're fighting for a place at this uh, Good Best Fits, but the, the potential of the club is immense, and I think your potential is, is immense as well. Certainly congratulate you on what you've achieved so far, and uh, wish you everything of the best for the future. Oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it, and thanks for inviting me. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. Well, lovely to hear from a bright young talent like Tola uh, Mlambo. Unfortunately, that's all we've got time for tonight. And I'll let him all up after the news of the talk shop. Don't go anywhere. But from uh, the team tonight, producer Siobhan Chetty, me, Dwayne DeLocker, have a lovely evening. Cheers. It's 7 o'clock.